Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And it uh, looks like we're going to have a juicy episode, I might say. But let's start off with something incredibly simple. Undefeated heavyweight Philip Hergovic has retained high-powered attorney Greg Smith and has hired Keith Connolly as his advisor as he gears up for his mandatory shot at the IBF heavyweight title. And this is according to ESPN, by the way. The Olympic bronze medalist is the IBF's number one contender and is next up in the rotation following Daniel Dubois for the title currently held by Alexander Yusik. Short and sweet. But next up, au contraire, is a little, little bit more lengthy in detail here involving the uh, situation evolving uh, related to... Uh, Chantal Cameron, who is set to fight uh, Katie Taylor, uh, who has, quote-unquote, forced Ali Scottney off that May 20th card. Uh, and apparently it involves their uh, shared history with the McGigan brothers. Anyway, let's read this uh, story courtesy of our friends over at Bad Left Hook. As far as weird British boxing stories go, Amir Khan's failed drug test got overshadowed remarkably quickly. Ellie Scottney revealed that her IBF title shot against Chernika Johnson has been removed from Matchroom's May 20th Katie Taylor versus Chantal Cameron card at Cameron's request. This is a big show going down in uh, Dublin, as you might recall. Per Scottney, who's 6-0, by the way, the issue revolves around uh, trainer Shane McGigan, who previously worked with Cameron until 2019. She points out that she and Cameron, who's 17-0, by the way, eight knockouts, have twice shared a card with no problems whatsoever. And this is, in fact, uh, the tweet that uh, began the fireworks. I am incredibly disappointed, said Ellie Scottney, to say that I'm now hearing that I will be removed from the May 20th card in Dublin due to Chantel Cameron and her management insisting to my promoter that I'm not allowed to be on the undercard because of who trains me. This is despite having been on two cards together before with no problems whatsoever. After my world title fight has had been announced on a huge night globally for women's boxing, my dream is now being taken away from me by a fellow fighter dictating terms and making unreasonable demands to my promoter. I cannot describe how heartbroken I am. All right. Cameron released her own statement in response to what she calls a witch hunt, claiming that the move was necessary for her mental health. She cites what sounds like severe trauma from her time working with the McGiggins, which she can't elaborate on due to a forced NDA. It's a non-disclosure agreement. And that those two cars she shared with Scottney were extremely difficult ordeals. Um, for the benefit of all, I shall uh, read what uh, Chantel Cameron had to say in response to Ellie Scottney on Twitter. And for this, I seriously need to put on my goggles. Hang on two secs. Here we go. I am gutted, said Cameron, to have come on here and write this today. This is on Twitter. But I have had 
no option after the statement that was issued last night and the harassment, threats, and witch hunt that came after. Firstly, I am sorry that Ellie feels the way she does. I respect her as a fighter and wish the situation was different. But as female fighters who always have to work harder to prove ourselves, I would have hoped that she would have understood the situation and how important our mental health is going into fights like these. Especially as the away fighter in Dublin where Katie is hailed as a national treasure, the last thing I need is more intimidation. Yes, I'm a fighter, but I'm human too. A few years ago, I was almost walking away from a sport I love because of what I went through with my team and was not in good mental or physical place at all. I cannot begin to describe how horribly I was treated, and it's a part of my life that I want to try and forget. Unfortunately, due to NDA forced upon me, I can't disclose any of the details of this, which is why I'm never which is why I've never told the story. I have worked so hard since that point to put this behind me, to grow from it, to find my confidence again, to feel positive, to fall back in love with the amazing sport and surround myself with people that want to look after me and always put my best interests at heart. Ellie is right when she said that she has fought on the same cards as me before, but on those occasions, only the people closest to me know what I had to go through because of this and did what was necessary to make sure I stayed on track and positive and not let that affect my mindset and my performance, despite the emotions it triggered. So it brings me to this point. Where am I in the biggest fight of my life, and what have I worked towards for all these years? It has not been easy. It has not been an easy road. It has not been an easy decision for my team to make. But they have to protect me in the situation, and I have to protect myself. I'm sorry this impacts Ellie. It's not about her. And even though I don't appreciate being publicly bullied and shamed, into trying to change the decision. I really do wish her well moving forward and know that there are big opportunities around the corner for her. It's not in my nature to air my grievances or emotions in public. I would never have missed, mentioned anything about this, especially on social media, but feel like I've been left with no choice but to defend myself, having been attacked for trying to protect myself. This is the last I'll be saying on the matter and will continue to fully focus on training and the mammoth fight ahead. Wow. Alrighty. To which the author continues, I am neither privy nor entitled to the details, and I'm not going to minimize what Cameron's going through. Trauma is a bastard that can weigh on you for your entire life. Working to mitigate its effects is not a sign of weakness. I do, however, have to question the timing of Cameron's objection. This is something that should have been addressed before Scotney's fight was ever signed. Whatever you think of Scotney's association with the McGiggins, it's deeply unfair to both her and Johnson uh, to give them the biggest opportunity of their lives and then take it away. Eddie Hearn claims that he'll stage uh, Scotney versus Johnson a couple of weeks later. But there's a huge difference between featured being featured on the world on the biggest women's card of the year and fighting on something like Lara versus Wood 2 undercard. The merits of Cameron's decision notwithstanding, I think we can agree the execution was badly bungled. Now, speaking of the... Uh, bungling British. Uh, Robert Smith, the head of the British Boxing Board of Control, expressed his frustration with the seemingly slow-moving process to resolve cases involving fighters with positive drug tests in the United Kingdom. It was revealed that United Kingdom anti-doping, that's UKAD, UKAD, that I mentioned the other day and the day before, had levied a backdated two-year ban on retired boxer Amir Khan for failing a drug test that was administered after a showdown with his countryman and rival Kelbrook last year. Trace amounts of 
Osterine, an anabolic drug, were found in Khan's body. Khan has owned up to the results, but instead he never took the substance. Khan has owned up to the results, but insisted he never took the substance in question intentionally. Nevertheless, UKAD abides by a principle of strict liability, meaning ignorance is not a valid excuse, although in Khan's case, it was enough to lower his ban from four years to two. Khan is retired and has stated he does not plan to fight again anytime soon. Many in the sport knew nothing about Khan's positive test, including the promoter of the Khan-Brook fight, Ben Shalom of Boxer and Brook himself. Uh, moreover, many took issue with the amount of time it took for UKAD to render a judgment, saying that UKAD, by and by extension the BBBOC, were sitting on the findings. In recent interviews, the BBBOC Smith disputed the characterization, saying that UKAD's drug hearings protects the fighters and allows them a chance to explain themselves before a legitimate tribunal. As such, the process can take a long time, too long, Smith admits, even for himself, saying, nobody's more frustrated than I am. Smith made it clear that the BBBOC were not involved in the inquiry into Khan's positive test. That was all handled by the UKAD. The BBBOC were closely contended with UKAD in an official capacity, so they defer to UKAD in drug testing matters. He said, because UKAD deal with all our anti-doping processes, we don't have any dealings with regard to hearings, etc. It's down to the UKAD. I'm frustrated with regards to how long it takes, but any athlete's entitled to due process, and that's what they've done. UKAD deal with all our dis disciplinary matters with regard to anti-doping. They have the process in place for any other sport in the country. We have to abide by that. We've signed up to them, as have every other sport in the country. But I'm as frustrated as anybody else. That's what we've signed up to. They have a process, and that's how the process works. I think it's too slow, but that's up to them. That's how they deal with it, and there's not much I can do about it at the present time. One last quick little story for you. Results out of Mexico City. Junior welterweight Carlos Tiburon Sanchez, 24-1, 19 knockouts, took a controversial six-round technical decision over previously unbeaten Alexander Duran, who's now 21-1. On uh, Wednesday night, which is, uh, I guess, a couple of nights ago, uh, at the Auditorio BB in Mexico City, Duran, seemed in command all the way, but judges somehow saw it 60-54, 58-56, 58-56 for Sanchez. Uh, uh, the bout was stopped due to head clash resulting in a cut to Sanchez. Uh, bantamweight Abraham Ariola on the same card. He's 6-2, and two, five knockouts. Defeated previously unbeaten Brandon King Reyes, 6-1-1, by seven-round majority decision. Reyes suffered a bad cut from the head clash, and the doctors stopped it. Scores at the time were 79-74, 80-73, and 80-73. Also, late substitution. Rojo Chano Guerrero, 6-2-1, five knockouts, fighting on 24 hours' notice. Upset super welterweight prospect Eduardo Martinez, 10-2, by six-round majority decision, scores being 58-56, 58-57, and 57-57. And there you have it, my boxing friends. Thank you for joining me here on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it very much. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Mike Orr and Cedric Ben on their show, Knuckle Up. Adios.